Oopsie-daisies by Kendall Savage. Love this Friday, August 12th. I ran away to college to fall out of love with my brother's best friend. Now I'm home to open my dream business with my two best friends. Sean still makes my heart want to do the tango, but I'm finally going to move on from the man who has never noticed me. Step one is going on a date with one of Sean's co-workers. And if Sean just happens to interrupt, I'm sure it's only a coincidence, right? That's Oopsie Daisies by Kendall Savage, live this Friday, August 12th. Welcome back, lady listeners. Hey, lady listeners. We are so excited. We are actually kicking off the new season this week. So, did you miss us? That's the first question. So, answer now. Call in to the number below. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) We had a call-in number. Oh my God. We could set that up actually. Wouldn't like have a live one. People could call in. Yeah. And people could just be like, listen, <laughs> you guys got to shut the fuck up and just play the book. Oh God. <laughs> I know. Do you know, I was seriously trying to look for the name of this book and we wrote it. It's called Saving the Bride. So <laughs> there you go. I think That's I might have just one. named it on a whim because you were like busy mm-hmm. or something. And I was like, I need to do a cover. Saving the bride. It had to there have bride go. in the title to go with the other yeah, one. This is the whole bride series. It's called the uh, Andorra Royalty. Mm-hmm. That's this is this is that series. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I love when it's our week. And then we have no clue what's happening. <laughs> so this is. I don't know how it started out this way, but we ended up with. I want, I want to say I had the idea about doing arranged marriages and somehow we've ended up here. (laughs) So there was these, there's four bride books total, um, on the website, you can get them at alexariley.com. The ones that we have that are out right now, the newest ones are the first ones, arranging my bride, then secrets in the bride, and then betting on his bride. Those are the three. And then this is just a little novella that goes with it about the friends what is it Beckett and Emma yeah okay so yeah (laughs) because I think we alluded in like one of the tavern she's friends with the girl from uh betting on the bride yeah that she needed a visa to stay in the country our Mm -hmm. imaginary country world (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it was one of those it was the marriage of convenience because Mm -hmm. she was going to get deported Mm -hmm. so yeah as it goes so, you know, it's just, they're just silly fun. They're really cute. The heroes are crazy, obsessed. And you know, this was this was just a great story to write with it, you know? Yeah. Um, in the third book in um, Betting on His Bride, it's about the guy makes a bet to sleep with a girl and that he can do it first. And so that's kind of how it happens. And then they get to this club and there's this big confrontation and her best friend gets taken away by the owner of the club. So it's like, you're reading this book and you're kind of thinking, well, what happens to her? Like, where'd so, she go? So, <laughs> I know. So, so many people have asked what happens to her and we're like, her story's coming. <laughs> so if you want it in ebook, it will be out this week. So make sure you grab that. So yeah, this is going to be the audiobook of that if you don't want to get an ebook, but I suggest you do because there'll probably be an epilogue in it. I don't know if there's one on this. I don't know. I don't think I did an epilogue on this one. Okay. So 
Um, if you like this one, if you like the Indora Royal series, we have other royal books. <laughs> we have the Princess Bundle, which is a lot of, I think there's five Yeah, there's like books five in books in there. You can actually get the first yeah. one, the princess one, for free. I'll put that in the link. So if you read the first one and you want to go on, you can get the bundle and read the rest. But there's like five books in that thing. Yeah, there's a lot of them. So, and that one's fun too because, again, it's like arranged marriage. It's the first one is really fun because he's sort of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I think he just kind of shows up at her house one night. So it's, it's pretty fun. So, um, yeah. So if you like this series, you can grab that one too. And also we have, um, uh, what was the other? Oh, The King's Innocent Bride. Tell us about that one, Mel. <laughs> I had to go look it up. I couldn't even remember it. Okay. I'll read you guys. We wrote it so long ago. It's so long ago. Let's refresh mm-hmm. all of our memories. The King's Innocent Bride. <laughs> Kate was forced to live with her uncle when she was little and was kept locked away. Then one night, she found out her uncle was going to use her as collateral in a bet. Okay, we have a thing for bets. And she knew she she had to break free, but when she did, she never imagined she'd run straight into trouble with the king. James James is ruler of all that's around him, and he has to keep the peace in his kingdom. When a trespasser is brought before him, he isn't prepare, prepared for what happened. He's ready to stake his claim and take what he wants. He is king after all. This morning, this obsessive ruler is just what the palace ordered. Grab your tiara <laughs> and get ready to celebrate the royal wedding with some filthy fun and still love. This is so ridiculous. God, that's for this was forever know, ago. Forever. It was fun because at the time we wrote it with our group of friends. And so we all kind of got together and did it. So it was really fun. There's like, I don't even remember what all the other ones are called with it, but it was, it was it's fun like the do. spinster bride, the horrible bride. The oh innocent my bride God. With Ruby that's Dixon. where the King Spencer's bride, spinster bride came from. Yeah. That's like the whole thing that spun with Katie Wilde where she's got like the, the midwinter bride or whatever. Didn't it come from that? I don't know. Maybe. I thought it came from the King Spencer. I think it all came from that thing. Maybe. From that same one. I don't know. Because oh she God, does that. Crazy. Like, she's like, I have to write this short story. And then, like, explodes. And then she can't do a short story. <laughs> I'll never forget the time she wrote that winter book. Mm-hmm. The Christmas book. And then it came out a month after Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like, marriage. What was that called? Do you remember that book? No. So Wait, she wrote it, and the that's it, not the Midwinter Broad one you're talking about. No, is it? okay, she was called like then before when she first released it. She was like the night before Christmas or something, the wedding night oh, before Christmas. Yeah. And I was like, okay, okay well, yeah. Christmas was last month. <laughs> I was like, change it to the wedding night, and I read it because it was supposed mm-hmm. to be Christmas, but the book got away from her with good reason. I could see because yeah, when yeah. I sat down, I read that book, and I started. I was like. It was, like, one of the best books I read that year. Like, the characters. Mm-hmm. I can see why it turned. It was supposed to be this short, AR-sized book, and then it turned out yeah. to be a full-length novel because the uh-huh. characters were just amazing. Like, the hero's personality, sad. the heroine's personality is, like, super unique. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I God, I love that book. That was by Katie Wilde. I need to look it up and see which one that was. The wedding so night. So you can mention the name of it. Is it the is it the something wedding night? The wedding night. Yeah, that's what she changed. Is it, it the to wedding it. night? She just titled it. It back. was okay. before the wedding night before Christmas, but then okay. she changed it to the okay. wedding night. 
All right. So get that one back, Katie Wild. Um, it's been so long since I've read that. But, the, you know, those were that happens with her a lot, though, mm-hmm. where she goes to write a really short book. And she's like, I got to keep going. She has with such it. a the great imagination. Yeah. And that it yeah. The story just, doesn't stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Explode out. Yep. And I was awesome. It's so creative. It's so I'm always fascinated by people who can think that way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. interesting that, to me. That just world build like that in their head mm-hmm. and it's all in there. I'm like, what's what is that? <laughs> so yeah, make sure you check out all those great princess books. And um this week for the giveaway, we're gonna do a signed paperback of Excuse me, Craven Cove Royalty. So this one has not been released yet. So make sure you enter to win. <laughs> yeah, the paperbacks. We have paperbacks, but we haven't put them up yet. Mm-hmm. And speaking of, this Saturday, I am doing a signing at the small indie bookstore that's here in my town. They asked me to come back and do another one. So if you were in and or around the Kannapolis area, in North Carolina, I'm going to be there along with Abby Knox and Jenica Snow and maybe Trisha Wolf. I think maybe she's in it too. I don't know. I'm gonna ha- I have to follow up with that email. I don't want to say just in case, but I know Jenica will be there and Abby Knox will be there with me. So, and I'm going to have some signed paperbacks of these. So if you want to come grab one there, you can, or you can enter the giveaway if you can't make it to North Carolina. So it's Saturday. I don't think they said the time, but it'll be around like (laughs) one-ish. So make sure you come by and say, hey, I would love it. So what have you got to tell me? You said you want to talk about a gun range. Oh, I went to, I don't know why, or I guess I was just, you know, everything that happened with Roe and Wade and stuff. I was feeling really irritated. Like I was talking to my dad, which I don't know why I ever talked politics with him because he's like, I can't even explain him politically. He's like, (laughs) he thinks Republicans are assholes. And he's like, Democrats are spineless. He's just mad at everybody. (laughs) He's just mad at everybody. But He's mad at everybody. (laughs) He was like, well, why don't you uh, grab some of the rights you do have? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, all right, because my dad has, he's really into guns, but he's actually super like, like he does not think he should be able to own the guns he owns. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like he goes to yeah. the gun shows and he's like, these places are bullshit and they make me mad. But he's just yeah. like, he's very, I guess you would say liberal about it. He thinks there mm-hmm. needs to be whatever, whatnot. And I, that's one of the things he's super strict about guns. Like I had to get. I did my right to carry class like 12 years ago. He made me do because we'd go out to the land and you'd shoot. And he's such type A when it comes to the guns that over like the past mm-hmm. five or six years, I haven't even like when we gone to the farm or whatever, I'm like, I'm not touching the guns. I'm not messing with anything because mm-hmm. he turns into like military mode or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's super, yeah. super strict, super rules as it should be. Mm-hmm. But he was like, okay, let's, I was like, all right, let's do this. Let's go down. And I haven't shot in a long time. And I thought he was going to feel like, mm, about it. But we get down there. We had to go to one that was like indoors. It's fucking crazy hot here. And yeah. Homeland Security's there. Like the buildings up against it. There's like eight <laughs> Homeland Security cops outside. And I'm like, Jesus. People doing here. <laughs> but we go to walk in the we almost walk into the homeland security door and they're like no it's down there we walk down there there's a sign on the door that says don't come in if smell like weed what <laughs> don't come in if you smell like weed i did a picture of jesus it. christ and so we get inside 
And the guy that's worked. I mean, good advice. <laughs> well, me and my dad, we said I was going to do that. If I was going to do this, we were going to do it like I'm going to train. Like I have to do this mm-hmm. every Tuesday afternoon. We go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We do the safety stuff first. Like last week, he made me just do undoing bullets, putting things in, safety checks, whatever. And we finally went and shot. So we we're signing up for this membership, and they're trying to like sell us these classes. And when I took the right to carry class twelve years ago, I have not realized the rules have changed. Okay. It's like the fucking wild west now. Like when I had the right to carry, you could not brandish a gun. Like even if you had your right to carry, you could not have it on your. People couldn't see it on you. That okay. was, and now you can just walk around with it on your hip. I took a picture of a guy the other day. I was at the stoplight. He's on a motorcycle without a helmet with a gun on his hip. I'm like, this smart. logic does not make sense. <laughs> I'm like, so the gun is to protect you, but you're not going to wear a helmet? A helmet. <laughs> You know what though? Like, just let the let those people weed themselves out. (laughs) (laughs) I can't understand it. But anyways, we get in there and they're having a sign. And he's like, I was like, I can't even find my paperwork for my right to carry stuff. It was in the same building, but but his new owner. So I'm asking, I'm like, so if you if all these rules have changed, what's the point of me getting my doing the class again to get my certificate or whatever, my Mm -hmm. special little card? And he's like. Well, technically, if you're, like, in Walmart and you have your gun on your hip and they're, like, like, ask you to leave, you could be, like, no, I have my right to carry. And they would have to call the police. And the police could be, like, you have to go. And I was, like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was, like, if I walk into Walmart just as myself without a gun and they ask me to leave, I have to leave. What are you talking about? It's trespassing. I know. <laughs> So what the f- so they're just saying that oh if you have your right to carry they have to call the police yeah I'm like no they're gonna do that anyways it's fucking Walmart yeah I know if if somebody tells you to leave you have to leave whether you have a gun on you or not that doesn't matter <laughs> that doesn't That's make any fucking sense and if they this call is the just cops, a way for the gun companies to make money and he was <laughs> like well technically which is interesting. He's like, if you do cross over to Kansas, which I never fucking do. <laughs> I go to Kansas maybe three or four times a year. And they like, if you have your gun on you, you can get in trouble going over to Kansas. Because Kansas was technically progressive about it. They got mm-hmm. ahead of the gun laws. You know what I mean? Because everybody yeah. had them. So they mm-hmm. made all these rules way back when. So interestingly enough, Kansas is progressive compared to even like New York now. Because they can brandish there. But anyways... Yeah. So I'm like, that's, that doesn't even make any sense, whatever. And he's like, whoa, okay, okay. And he's like, which one of these targets do you want? And he like motions and there's like three. And I'm like, are there any that aren't human shaped? My cuter shit, yes. <laughs> and he's like, well, this is what we have right now. And I was like, okay. I was like, but are there any with crotches? Because it stops at like the waist. <laughs> and he's like, what? He did not think that was funny. <laughs> My dad's laughing. <laughs> He's like, no, this is what no. we have. <laughs> <a> fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like your sense of humor. He does not like my sense of humor. We went in, and I actually was a pretty good shot. And I was actually, because he has me training on certain guns or whatever. Mm-hmm. One, actually, because I've always been scared what would happen if it jammed. And mm-hmm. one did jam on it. It actually nicked me. Oh, my God. Yeah, because it pulls back and just hits back and yeah. it jammed. Uh-huh. 
so I could see how to uncock or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I thought when I – I was a little excited about going, but then I thought when I did it, I was going to feel like – I don't know, like it was going to be a release of anger or something. Yeah. You know what like I mean? Like maybe a little bit therapeutic. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a little yeah. therapeutic after being so upset about the roadways, shit, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And I, it, I didn't. Yeah. No. It wouldn't make me feel better. It did no. not make me feel better. It didn't make me feel – yeah, I just didn't – I'm going to keep going because I know my dad mm-hmm. enjoys that I'm going with him and it's yeah, safety. Yeah, I was going to say, probably time for you together. You know, and it's always good to know with guns being around everywhere how to use them properly, how to fire it's them. within your rights to do it. And Because yeah. I forget that he's like – because my dad doesn't brandish, but he carries like 90% mm-hmm. of the time. I asked him. That's why I said, I said, have you ever had to actually pull your gun out? Mm-hmm. And he said, one time. <gasps> he was like, what? You didn't tell me? I was like, <laughs> he said, one time he was at a light. And a guy was walking up to his window. And he said he was acting funny the way he was approaching. And he's like, the traffic was going, so I couldn't go. So he said, I rolled down my window. And the guy, he said, I, he said, I don't know what you're doing. I guess he pulled it out and he had it. He's like, but I've got a gun press to this door and it'll shoot right through it. And they were like, well, nothing. I'm sorry, man. All right. All right. <laughs> I was like, damn, Jeff, that's kind of badass. <laughs> Bombs are aggressive sometimes. <laughs> he was like, he was active, but I don't know if he thought he was going to rob me or what he was going to do. Yeah. But he yeah. was like, yeah. But yeah, I just didn't think it was like I didn't get the the thrill of like I thought I was gonna get. I guess yeah, I was just, like the, the release of it. Yeah. yeah, I can I can see how you might think that doing it, but I dislike guns so much that the the sight of one would. Yeah, that's it. Actually, he was happy that because after the gun jam, then my mm-hmm. hands were shaking. Yeah, I was like, my hands are shaking now. He's like, that's good. Your hands should be shaking. Your gun jammed. You're new at this. It's a firearm. You should be worried. You should be scared. You should be on mm-hmm. edge. You got a fucking gun in your hand. I'm like that's yeah. true. All right. <laughs> yeah. I and see what he's saying. Like I get it. It's just you know I don't I don't know that I ever want to feel comfortable with one. I, I think maybe that's when maybe that's when you lose your due sense of time. I don't know. It's such a hard conversation because it's nuanced. There's a lot of layers to this conversation. There is. And I just I don't know I just know based on your experience, I know that I wouldn't feel better shooting one. I would feel better if I could kick somebody in the balls. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what would if I could physically go kick somebody in the balls, mm-hmm. that would make me feel better. <laughs> I want to hurt a dick. How about that? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. just... I can Get through see... it how you can. Huh? Get through it how you can. Yeah. I can see, like... I've only had a gun, like, in my home once. And that was when mm-hmm. I was single. And I'll never yeah. forget this. Have I ever told you this story? I don't know. Okay. So, I was, like... It was between, like... Right before Rob, my husband and I got together and my ex had moved out and I was living by myself. Mm-hmm. And my house was pretty small and my dad did not like that I was like by myself. And this was before alarms were big. Mm-hmm. People, people were still on like the blackjack phones. 
Remember? Blackberries. Blackberries. Like, we didn't even yes. have, like, screens. Like, you take a picture with your phone yet. <laughs> yeah. And he was, like. You had a keyboard. <laughs> yeah. He was super worried about me living by myself in this house. This motherfucker brings over a shotgun. And this is what he tells me. He shows me in my house everywhere to go. If I hear something or somebody breaks in, he's like, you go to this corner if you're here, you go to this corner if you're here. And you know what you do? You put your back in the corner and you slide down to your ass. <laughs> and he says, and you cock that thing and you just point it up. And he's like, and you just shoot. He's like, it's going to, it will splatter. It's going to yeah. hit every motherfucking thing in front of it. And nobody's going to think your ass is on the floor. <laughs> They're going to be looking for somebody yeah. standing up or in bed. And you're going to be on the floor. <laughs> Well, you know, a lot of times that sound is just a deterrent. That's what he said, too. He goes, and yeah. that sound, he goes, you do it. Because that's what he said. Even when you're in your house, like, if you already have a gun in the chamber, he said, just click it. I'll pop another one in. And sometimes people just hear it. They're like, choo, choo. they know you've got a gun in your hand. I was like, that's true. But, mm, oh, my gosh. They make me so nervous. They make me nervous, really? too, but it makes me nervous that other people have them. <laughs> I know. Exactly. <laughs> I think, and that's what I told him. I said, I would just rather give over my money. I think mine would be more about yeah. if somebody was trying to take me. If you were trying to rob me, just take, take. Take whatever you want. But if kidnapping you would know, be different. I wonder, too, if, like, you know, I worked in banking for so long. That was something that they taught you from day one is if somebody comes in and asks for money, give it to them. Mm -hmm. Give them everything they ask for. And you can smile and offer them a bag. Yeah. Just let him go. Yeah. Like, get him out the door. And, you know, that's what, like, you're trained to do. And I was in a robbery in a bank. A girl had a gun. And so it was, like, you know, it was the same thing in that situation. It was, like, yeah, give him the money, get him out. Mm -hmm. And then. That's all you can do. Yeah. You know, and I think it, maybe that's just, I still have that same mentality of just like, who cares? He actually said that. He, that's something interesting my dad had said to me. They actually, when we were talking about this, he was like, that's why you should always keep a roll of money on you. Yep. He said my that way they don't the say, so, yep. they, so they don't try to take you to ATMs. You always have, mm -hmm. have a little thing of money on you that you can reach into your purse and say, here, just take it. Then they're just not trying that, to get in your yeah. car to do ATMs and credit cards. Mm -hmm. You can just say, here, take the cash. It's like you should yeah. always have a roll. That a long time ago, too. Have some fuck you money. Yeah. You know, to just be like, here, take this thing. Take go. it and leave me alone. Yeah, just take mm -hmm. it. Which I had never really thought about before. I was like, that's a good point. They probably would just grab it and go then. If Absolutely. they got some yeah. easy fast cash. If that's cash. what they're after. Or it's like, you know, the safety thing they tell you when um when you got your keys in your hand and somebody tries to get you in the car, you just throw your keys in one direction, you run in the other. Because what do they really want? Do they really want your car or do they want you? Yeah. You know, so it's like if they just want your car and they want to get away, they're going to go after your keys. They're mm -hmm. not going to go after you. They're going after you. You can make some noise and you got a head start. <laughs> I remember, that's one thing I always remember about self-defense class that I'd taken was that they always, they were like taught you like, do not be afraid to speak and speak very loudly mm -hmm. to turn around yeah, and say, make a lot of noise. Yeah, say, hey, you're starting to freak me out to yeah, somebody. Why are you following me? Put your hand, you put your hands out and be like, hey, you're scaring me. Or whatever. Or, like, if you think somebody, they said, you would be surprised by if you just turn around, if you think somebody's following you and put your hands out, you don't even have to say anything. And they realize that you're going to be combative, they'll yeah. walk right past you. 
Because mm-hmm. they're not looking for somebody that's going to be combative. When they realize that you're like, hey, nine times out of ten, they'll just go. Oh, yeah. And if you got our hot girl summer box, there's a self-defense kit in there. <laughs> I gave You sent one to me. I gave it to Isabel. She put it uh, on did, you, did you give her the kitty cat ears? Yeah. <laughs> there's the one that had the little stabby knobs on the ears where it's like, you can fuck some shit up with that. You can. Like, you you can, can just, it's add, easy to yeah. slip on your fingers when you're yep, just walking. Slide it on your fingers and you can fuck some shit up. It's like two like pointy-ass razor blades mm-hmm. on the end of that where it's just like, come at me. I'm going to rip your jugular out. <laughs> It's got violent. Oh <laughs> I know it is. So now let's play something really sweet. <laughs> We're right, going to so, force her to marry him. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're going to marry me or else. Actually, she does it to him. So, <laughs> yeah. So uh-huh. you're about to get um, the first installment of which one is this one? Something on the bride? Saving the bride. Saving the bride. Yes, that's it. Okay. So you're about to get the first installment of Saving the Bride. Don't forget to enter this week's giveaway of the um, signed paperback of Craving Cove. Um, And also, if you're into royals, check out more of our royalty books. We've got The Princesses, which is a bundle of five books together in one. We've also got The King's Innocent Bride, which is another royally inspired book. And then if this sort of thing is like in your wheelhouse as well, the Craven Cove Royalty, it's uh, it's kind of like high school drama sort of thing, but their family is like really important. So it kind of goes They're like in that royalty same of that little town. Yes, it kind of goes in that same thread. So make sure you check that out. And then um, like Mel said, the first book in the Princess um, series is free. So you can get the whole bundle on our website with all five books in one, or you can grab the first one for free and read it and see if you like it. So all right, let's send them in. All right, we'll see you on the other side. This is Saving the Bride by Alexa Riley. Read for you by Veronica Fox. Chapter 1 Emma I watch Mara close her eyes and hide the pain inside as she lets her body move to the music. For a moment, she looks almost peaceful but I know the hurt is simmering under the surface. It's one I live with every day. A broken heart isn't something that can always be healed. Sometimes the cracks never truly fill in. Hers are new, and I wonder if that makes a difference. She has people that love her and a life full of support with her family. They can give her what she needs to help lessen the pain. As for my scars, I was born with them. They're a part of me and there's no healing them. Not that anyone has ever really tried. For me, it's only a matter of hiding my past, and for some reason, dancing is one of the only times the rest of the world melts away. When I'm listening to the music, I'm lost in a sea of bodies. It doesn't matter who I am or where I'm from. We're all here to feel good. The music changes and my mind goes somewhere I don't want it to. Him, the man with the bluest eyes I've ever seen. Something about them scares me, not that it stops me from coming here. He has the kind of eyes that can see straight to my soul and to everything else I try to hide from the world. I've only ever caught glimpses of him when I've come here to let off some steam. I don't think he's here for the same reason as the rest of us. In fact, I don't think he really notices the people or the drinks being passed around. 
His eyes are always somewhere else as he moves through the club. I wonder if he does that on purpose so he can make sure he never connects with anyone. It doesn't matter, though. He could part a crowd like it's the Red Sea and he's God. He might be. At least here in this club, he's the ruler of us all, and it's both annoying and alluring. The man is unmissable, but he misses everyone else. What would that be like, to be seen but not care about anything that surrounds you? Mara moves closer, and then I see the sadness she's trying to hide. Maybe this wasn't the best idea. It was selfish of me to bring her here because I needed this. In the short time I've gotten to know Mara, I know she can be shy. But I also think she's a butterfly starting to come out of her cocoon. Too bad an asshole has tried to shove her right back into it. I wanted tonight to remind her that she can spread those beautiful wings all on her own. Mara? I mouth, wanting to check in with her. I'm okay. She tries to shout over the music. She forces a smile that doesn't meet her eyes. Others might buy it, but I don't. She's terrible at faking it, and it's one of the things I love most about her. In a way, she might be shy, but it's also brave to be willing to show everything you feel like she does. We can go if you want, I shout back. The point was for her to have a good time, not to make things worse. Mara starts to say something, but before she can, my whole body comes alive. My skin tingles as all the air leaves my lungs, and I know he's here. This always happens when he's close, but this time it's more intense, almost paralyzing. What? I ask as Mara's eyes lock on something behind me. Before I start to turn, I know who I'm going to see. What's surprising, though? is seeing River standing there. He's the guy who broke Mara's heart and the reason we're here to begin with. We both stand there stunned as the two men come toward us and people rush to move out of their way. I've never seen River here before, so someone must have told him Mara was here. For some reason, I'm not completely shocked. I'd been more shocked about the bet he made and that the only reason he was spending time with her was so he could sleep with her and win a stupid bet. I don't know River, but we've gone to school together for a few years now, and he never gave any girl the time of day until Mara showed up. Before I get a chance to try and step between River and Mara, he's all over her. To my utter surprise, Blue Eyes grabs me around my waist to keep me from going after my friend, or from stopping River from carrying her out of here. Not that I'm much of a match against River, but I could cause a scene, I suppose. It's probably not the best idea with him being royalty, and I'm barely hanging on to my visa as it is. You're coming with me, Blue Eyes says with his mouth pressed against my ear so that I can hear him clearly. I'm not going anywhere. I try to wiggle my way out of his hold, but his hands tighten and he groans. The sound rumbles through him and into me as heat explodes through my entire body. That's not helping your situation, he growls, and I freeze when my ass presses into something very hard. I turn my head, and my eyes lock with his for the first time. Chapter 2 Beckett 
You're mine now, I say as I lift her off the ground and put my hand on her round ass. Who do you think you are? She wiggles, but I see how her lips part and she runs her tongue over her bottom lip. Don't pretend you don't know who I am. I smirk, and the way her eyes narrow makes my cock even harder. Baby, everyone in here knows I own this place, including you. Put me down. She ignores my comment, and I swear I think she wiggles against me just to feel my dick get bigger. How old are you? I say, and she stops moving instantly. I'm over 21. She blinks quickly and then looks away. Then why are you so nervous right now? Without realizing it, I've walked us to the edge of the dance floor where it's dark and I can hear her talk. Because I don't have an ID. Interesting. I put her on her feet, but I don't release her. Then how did you manage to get into my club? She shrugs and I see the hint of a smile. Your bouncers didn't need much convincing. The thought of them looking at her in this little dress and imagining what they'd do to her makes me want to shut this place down and lock the doors for good. What's your name? I ask, needing the distraction from wanting to pummel the front door guys. Baby, don't pretend like you don't know. She throws back at me, and God, I want to kiss her. Those full lips turn up at the corner and dare me to push back. Oh, this is going to be fun. I lean down and her eyes lock with mine. What's going to be fun? Making you mine, I say as I slide my hands down her back. I've been waiting a long time for you to show up, but now that you're here, I'm not letting you go. I must be dreaming. She leans her head back as I get closer and I smile down at her. Then I promise never to wake you up. With that, I close the distance between us and our lips connect. The kiss isn't gentle or tender, but consuming and full of need. The moment my mouth is on hers, I know that this is the woman I've been waiting my whole life to kiss. Her body softens as her hands go to my chest and I press her against the wall. I want to grab her thighs and spread them open so I can sink into her wet heat. But just as I have the thought, alarms are going off in my head. Is this my mind telling me to slow down? Are we moving too fast? God, I don't want to stop because the second I saw her, I knew she was the one. Now my mind is screaming at me to hold back? This doesn't make sense. Beckett! Someone yells from behind me and then roughly yanks on my shoulder. It causes me to break the kiss and I snarl as I turn around to see my night manager, Bert, looking crazed. Beckett, the kitchen is on fire! He yells, and that's when I realize the alarms that I thought were only in my head are in fact blaring through the club. The music is off and the lights have been turned on and all of the emergency exits are wide open as security moves everyone out. Fuck. I see the smoke coming from the back and I can hear the fire trucks in the distance. Turning to face my mystery woman, I can see she's just as stunned as I am. How did we miss all of this with just one kiss? We need you, Beckett! Bert shouts over the alarms. Get her out of here, I tell Bert, then pull her into my arms for one quick kiss. Tell me your name. This time it's an order and she doesn't hesitate. Emma. I look at Bert and push them toward the exit door beside us. Make sure she gets out of here safe. Do you understand me? I'm on it, he says as he takes her by the arm and leads her out. I'll find you, 
I shout to Emma as she looks over her shoulder one last time before they're gone into the night. It's almost dawn by the time they get the fire in the kitchen put out and have secured the building. I had to stay and talk to law enforcement and make sure that everyone got out safely. Thankfully, there weren't any injuries with the staff either. We have a small kitchen in the back that serves late-night food, and someone forgot to turn off the grill. It was a simple mistake that just created a shitty domino effect, and now the club has to be closed until the repairs can be made. There are insurance companies to deal with, construction crews to handle, and a whole mess of other things that I really don't want to contend with. Not when I can't get Emma off my mind. By the time I made it outside, the crowd had been sent home by the firefighters so they could secure the location. Bert said he personally put Emma in a cab, but he didn't ask where she lived. That doesn't make it impossible. It only makes finding her take a bit longer than I wanted. I'm exhausted, but one thing is for certain. I met the one, and there's not a damn thing in this world that will keep her from me. Chapter 3 Emma This morning I've got an 8 o'clock class that I'm almost late for. I knew going out last night was a gamble, and boy did I roll the dice. Meeting Beckett was insane, but kissing him was out of this world. I've never felt so wanted before in my entire life, and the look he gave me when I walked away said it was the hardest thing he'd ever have to do. What the heck am I going to do now? How am I possibly going to learn anything when all I can do is think about his lips on mine? My professor is lecturing about spreadsheets and data while I try to take notes and not think about last night, which is clearly impossible because I notice that I've written Beckett's name in the margin of my notebook. Gah, what am I, like 12? As soon as class is over, I grab my bag and check my phone. I see a missed call and the number makes my stomach drop. I wait until I'm out in the hallway and away from people before I answer. Hello? I glance around as I tuck myself against a window and look out at the quad. Hi, Emma. This is Zuri again calling about your immigration status. We've got your paperwork for an extension, and I'm afraid I've got some bad news. I sigh as I close my eyes and prepare for the worst. Since you've completed your scholarship and have been denied funds to continue your degree beyond the bachelor's, we're not extending your visa. How long do I have? I ask, needing to get it over with. We'll email you the exact date, but it will be after graduation. You'll have until then to make accommodations in your home country. There's a pause where she must be waiting for me to say something, but I don't. There will be opportunities to reapply in the future if you're able to get a job in your field. I've already applied to dozens of jobs, but nobody wants to hire me based on a temporary visa. Even if I got a job, my work visa could be denied, and they would have invested all that time in training an employee that they might lose. I'm too much of a risk. At least, that's what they told me at my last interview. Thanks. I mumble, because what else can I say? I'll email everything over now, but if you have any, I hang up and tuck my phone in my back pocket. What's the point of listening to her? Zuri is nice enough, but she's always got bad news. The more I listen to her, the more upset I'll be. After the high of last night's kiss, I'm plummeting back to reality. 
one where I'm forced to leave the only stable place I've ever been. In my home country, I was brought up in an orphanage because I was abandoned as a baby. I knew from the moment I could talk that if I wanted out, I had to be smart. I learned all that I could, and when I got the opportunity to go to America on a scholarship visa, I jumped at the chance. I thought this would be my big break, and that coming here would change my life. It has, in so many wonderful ways. But maybe it was a mistake. Now I know what's on the other side of the looking glass. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to go back to life before I came here. How do I leave all this behind and go to a country that never felt like it fit? I've made friends, I've lived, and now I have to go back and close my heart. The thought sends tears down my cheeks and I angrily wipe them away. It's not fair, but nobody ever told me life would be. All that I have is because I worked my ass off. I just have to figure out what the hell I'm going to do next. Hey. The sound of his soft voice makes my head snap up. When I see Beckett leaning against the wall in front of me, his arms crossed over his chest, I think he might not be real. That's when I notice he's scowling and I can't help the laugh that bubbles up out of me. Am I going crazy? Maybe. My emotions are all over the place, and the absolute last thing I expected to see was the blue-eyed devil from the club last night. What's wrong? Why are you crying? I realize there are still tears on my cheek and wipe them away. It's nothing. What are you doing outside my class? I change the subject as he pushes off the wall and comes closer. I was waiting for you. Then I saw you take a call. He nods to my pocket. Is everything okay? What? I stall, trying to think of a lie. Oh, that? It was nothing. Just bad news about a final. It's all good. Hmm, he says, and I know he's not buying it. Seriously, how the hell did you find me? His hair is wet, and I wonder if he's fresh out of the shower. The image of him naked with soapy water running down his muscled body stirs something low in my belly. River. He shrugs like it's obvious. Have you eaten? As if on cue, my stomach growls and he grins. Want to grab some food before your next class? I check my watch and see I've got some time until my lab. A little. I hedge. Not sure I'm truly believing what I'm seeing. Has this gorgeous man really tracked me down just to have breakfast with me? And what about that kiss? I'm weak in the knees remembering his lips on mine. As if he's thinking the same thing, he walks right up against me until my back is pressed to the wall. A little is all I need, baby. He leans down and this time when he kisses me, he slides his tongue against mine. He's so big and strong as he holds my face and devours me like I'm his last meal. God, I've never felt anything so overwhelming, and all I want to do is wrap my body around his and pretend the rest of the world doesn't exist. When I moan, he smiles against my lips and then takes a step back. I'm in a fog of lust as he takes my hand and leads me out of the building. Now let me feed you while you tell me what that phone call was really about. Chapter 4 Beckett Are you stuffing them in your bag? 
I crane my neck over to Emma's side of the table, and she laughs as she shakes her head. No, I was just hungry. Don't make fun of me. Her cheeks tinge with embarrassment, and it's the cutest thing ever. I'm not making fun of you. I'm seriously impressed. I push my plate of waffles closer to her. You can even have mine, too, if you want some more. I think five is enough for now. She chews on her last piece of bacon as she leans back in her seat. I could go for a nice long nap right about now. Did you not sleep well last night? I'm suddenly concerned for her sleeping arrangements. Where are you staying? Are you on campus? I'm a senior, but on a full ride, so I'm still in the dorms with a lot of people younger than me. She shrugs like it's not a big deal. I don't have much longer, so it's fine. The way she says she's fine sounds like she's anything but. She's also making the same face she had when she got off the phone earlier. What happened with the fire last night? Emma asks, cutting off my train of thought and clearly trying to deflect from what's going on with her. The club will be closed for a few weeks while they repair the damage, but luckily no one was hurt. I lean in close and take her hands with mine. Sorry we had to end our time so quickly. She bites her bottom lip and it's cute how she's trying to hide it. Now tell me what the phone call was about. Her eyes snap to mine and I give her my best cocky grin. You're not wiggling out of it so easily. You won't let it go? She sighs and I thread my fingers with hers. When it comes to what I want, not a chance, baby. It was about my student visa, that's all. You're graduating. I confirm, and she nods. So I'm guessing it expires. Yep. The one word is filled with resignation and annoyance. And you can't get an extension? She shakes her head. I tried, and it was denied. So now I have to start making plans to go back. Where's home? The laugh she lets out is humorless. That's the problem. There's no home beyond here. Once I leave campus, it's just the world, and I have no idea what I'm going to do. You don't have any family. It's just me and my dancing skills. She tries to make a joke, but I see the pain she's trying to mask. I don't have any family either. Her dark eyes meet mine, and it's like a shot through my chest. Philippe is like a brother to me, and his family is great, but at the end of the day, it's just me. Sometimes it's nice not having to worry about anyone else. But that means there's no one to lean on. The way she's looking at me is like she's seeing me for the first time. Exactly. I meant what I said last night, Emma. I've never longed for a family or to have something more. I've always just made the best of my situation to move forward. Dwelling on what I don't have doesn't change things. I swallow hard as I lock eyes with her. But seeing you last night changed a whole hell of a lot. In fact, it changed everything. It doesn't matter. She tries to take her hands from mine, but I don't let them go. Beckett. It's not like this can go anywhere. I have to leave the country soon, and I'm not coming back. The thought of never seeing her again is too painful to even imagine, so I push the thought away. This was nice, and it's been fun talking to you, but... Don't finish that sentence. I warn. But it's not happening. She does it anyway, purposely being defiant. 
God, how she makes my body heat. You say that like it's inevitable, when in reality, what's inevitable is you and me, Emma. Don't pretend like you don't feel this. I bring her hand across the table and put it over my heart. It didn't start beating until last night when I saw you. Beckett. She says my name so softly, but there's a sadness to it. No, don't do that. Don't push me away because you think there's no way I can keep you. I just don't want to get my heart broken. Is that really so hard to believe? She pulls her hand away from my chest and I let her do it, but don't let go of her hand. I do feel something, okay? She finally admits. I just don't have the luxury of seeing this through. Not when I don't have any other choice. That's where you're wrong. We're meeting at a really shitty time. Emma looks out the window as I squeeze her fingers. I can't stay here anymore, and being with you would only make it harder to go. I don't have a choice, so I won't make this harder on the both of us. A long moment of silence passes while I let her take a breath. Then I lay down all my cards. I want you to answer one question, Emma, I say, and she finally looks away from the window to meet my eyes. If your situation was different, if you didn't have to leave, would you be mine? She doesn't blink as her dark eyes bore into mine, and then ever so slightly, she nods. I wait because I want to hear her say the words, and after a heartbeat, she does. If I was staying, yes. When I smile at her, she looks confused until I throw some bills on the table. Are you finished? I ask, and she nods. Good. Then let's go. Yeah, I should probably get to my next lab. She gets up from the table while trying to avoid looking at me. I think you'll miss it, I say as I take her hand in mine. What? Why? She has to move her feet faster to keep up with my long strides as I hurry us out of the restaurant. Because we're getting married. Welcome back. Welcome back. Make sure you enter this week's giveaway, like I said before, and check out all our royal books. They're going to be in the show notes. And I think that's it. Yes. We're going to see you guys on Thursday for the second half of this one. All right. So tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance.